the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Depending on which of the latest flurry of industry surveys you've read, cyber attacks and data theft are routinely in the top three risks perceived by maritime businesses. But those same surveys routinely report that the industry is not fully prepared to tackle that risk. There is a disconnect there, and that's what we're going to be looking at in this week's podcast. The prospect of a major cyber attack has loomed large over the industry for years, but right now the risk indicators are flashing red. On Monday, US President Joe Biden said businesses have a patriotic obligation to protect themselves from cyber attacks. Businesses must harden their cyber defences immediately. His words, not mine. The warning, of course, was based on evolving intelligence that Russia may be planning a cyber attack. Now, so far, the predicted full-scale cyber war is yet to fully materialise, thank God. But that doesn't mean that the capabilities are not there, and it certainly doesn't imply that the threat has passed. Quite the opposite, I would argue. Now, major cyber attacks have cost the industry hundreds of millions of dollars to date, but we are yet to see the consequences of a fully catastrophic physical loss caused by a cyber attack. The cost of a sunken ship, significant oil spill, or a marine choke point blocked through a cyber attack, that could run into billions and billions of dollars. But, in part due to the unwillingness to go public and share data, and partly because this remains a steadfastly reactive industry where, let's face it, safety improvements are only ever born out of casualties, we find ourselves woefully unprepared, not just in terms of the practicalities of cyber defences, but in terms of our insurance. As with any major financial risk, it's critically important to have appropriate coverage. So this week, Lloyd's List teamed up with our colleagues and friends over at Insurance Day for a timely webinar looking at the cyber threat to maritime and the insurance industry's response. I'm going to give you some of the highlights in this week's edition of the podcast, but I would urge you all to take advantage of our Listen Again function and revisit the full hour-long edition of the webinar. It's free. You just need to register via loislist.com or insuranceday.com. Click on the details and follow the instructions via the banner on our homepages. I'm going to start with that disconnect and some thoughts from Julian Clark, the global senior partner at the law firm INTS. As Lloyd's List readers will already know from our recent cyber survey, it's an unfortunate reality that the entire industry is at risk, whether we're talking targeted ransomware attacks or the industry more widely becoming collateral damage in a cyber war. And yet, we also know that not enough is being done to improve our protection, our training, and in many cases, just basic online hygiene. So I started by asking Julian what he thought it was going to take to spark change in the industry. You, you know, I think we all recognise this. Shipping's got a bad record of it's not a problem until it's a problem. Um, so you could go back to the old days of fish meal and then you can move on to coal and then calcium hypochlorite and then liquefaction. And it's only when we see something really horrendous happen that unfortunately we, we tend to sit up and take notice. Um, there were reports when the ever given grounded that maybe that was a cyber attack. It wasn't. But you know what? You only have to uh, look at the ever given to see what happens to the in international supply chain and world trade if you take a major container ship out and you block a major passageway. So, yes, I think that is something that will make the industry uh, sit up. And as you, as you said, um, there is this terrifying 
threat on the horizon of cyber warfare, uh, people fighting a war in their bedrooms and cellars. And it, even this week, uh, there's a major conference in the United States in Fort Lauderdale uh, called Hack the Port and talking about cybersecurity risk. And in the centre of that floor, of that 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 um, uh, presentation floor, they've built a large swimming pool in which they have a motorised vessel and they're running a competition of who can hack the ballast systems. Um, I think it is. We are looking at an event horizon disaster, and it's really concerning. Concerning indeed. But are all these threats overly alarmist, and what can the industry realistically do about it? Bill Edgerton, Chief Cyber Officer at Astara, is not by nature a doom-monger, but he is clear that the risks are growing. The risks of a spillover from Ukraine, where some particularly malicious malware is already emerging, is pretty clear. And according to Bill, there's already been a 25% spike in the rate of attacks under the cover of the Russia conflict. Not related to the war, just others making use of the conflict as cover. But it's not just the very visible threat of war that we need to be worried about. Unintentional infection from inside companies is one of the biggest risks not getting sufficient attention. And the likelihood of an attack on OT systems is worryingly high. Bill also warns that the interconnect between IT and OT systems is routinely underplayed. It's a growing threat. We need to make sure our defences are higher. But that is going to require some greater transparency from the industry, according to Bill. I think the, the, the overall quantum of the attacks is, is hard to judge because not everybody talks about them, obviously. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a bit reluctant to extrapolate huge, uh, significant statistical hypotheses from very small data sets. But what I am seeing is that the, uh, the attacks that have happened and have come into the public domain have either been through uh, nation states or their proxies or groups that have worked for these people in the past, and that they are seeking not only uh, pecuniary money in terms of ransomware, but there have been issues about um, databases being destroyed, information being exfiltrated and that kind of stuff, which is more of a sort of nation state sort of activity than it may be a sort of a cyber hackers activity you might be doing ransomware. So. Um, I think the point was made earlier is absolutely germane. You know, unless the industry is prepared to share its experiences with itself, then it's losing the ability to be able to learn from those those errors and, and strengthen collectively. And I think that there are uh, organisations out there trying to create these data sharing efforts, and I think they they are to be encouraged because I think without that, you know, without that sunlight going on the event, you can't learn across the sector and you can't improve mutually. Uh, the risks that you're running. Of course, when we talk about cyber defence, I suspect part of the problem is that CEOs and probably more CFOs assume that we're talking about big capex or opex spends. They're thinking about expensive software, staff, consultancy. But is there any standardisation when it comes to what is an acceptable level of defence? And what do we expect to be there in place as a protection against this threat? I'm not entirely clear that we have enough clarity on this topic as an industry. Pavy Bruno, head of cyber security technology at Vartzilla Voyage, however, had some interesting views on this. I, I think it, it's clear that the maritime operations is a very complex 
combination of cybersecurity legal elements and evolving environments because at the same time even if we have all these risks related to opening and the IT and OT systems on the vessel business and industry absolutely needs to do it so that we can leverage from the digitalization the connectivity and then achieve some of the sustainability and other requirements so it is sort of like both are needed and especially what was mentioned earlier here also today by Bill are the risks related to operational technology. So something I want to say that it doesn't need to be an attack. It can be a mistake happening in these networks. Something happens by human mistake or we didn't think enough or there was a misconfiguration of the firewall or whatever and the impact can be the same. In fact, still luckily, when we look into these operational technology networks, the events are usually non-malicious, but of course the impact can be the same. Mm, what comes to the standardization, we are still lacking a little bit of that, you know, maritime baseline. What could it be and what can it mean for different uh, vendors and the vessel operators or the flag states or classification societies or for the insurance industry? There are really good frameworks to leverage from, like NIST 800 or IAC 62443 for the products. And uh, something I want to say that in the past year, I have seen that the maritime industry is much better now understanding the risks, but it's quite a snapshot. So we look certain risk at a certain moment or certain system at the same moment, and we still need to have the resiliency port for the business and for the products. So there's a lot of activities that we can do together as well. Now, if some listeners are getting a distinct sense of deja vu, that's because many of these points are not necessarily new. We have been having much of this conversation for many years. And as Simon Meach, the cyber practice leader at BMS, pointed out during the webinar, much of these discussions will continue to happen. However, there have been significant developments on the insurance side, at least, that are worth noting. Many other industries that buy and purchase cyber insurance now have really moved past this idea that cyber you know, doesn't have sufficient coverage, cyber doesn't pay. I think probably we were answering those sorts of questions back in the day because we saw uh, insurers with loss ratios that were you know, in the single digits. Um, there was an absolute understanding probably back then that this was a, a low frequency type event. Um, and that was kind of the response to those sorts of um, uh, loss ratios. But it's evolved a lot in the last you know, five years. And I think there's probably perhaps a lack of understanding as to how far we've come. Um, you know, Back in the day, there wasn't any coverage for system failure, accidental events, and that's, that's been around now for a, a long while. Similarly, you know, events around uh, employees, which perhaps caused the loss or in some way provide a backdoor to an attacker, perhaps in, back in the day, again, were not covered and absolutely are across any cyber uh, policy now. And really to talk to the war as well, even this year, the cyber market specifically has seen a change in what that in, in, in the wording around the war exclusion, specifically to make sure that we're addressing um, that kind of concept of a bystanding asset. So in the MERS case, for example, it's very clear now that because our war exclusions perhaps would say um, there is a right back for a bystanding asset, if the Ukraine-Russia war perhaps was, was ongoing and uh, a shipping company, perhaps just like Maersk, was inadvertently the target by accident in, in that they weren't, sorry, they weren't necessarily the target, but they were hit through that war. 
then before the right back for a bystanding asset, they would have coverage in the cyber policy. So it does continue to evolve. And I think coverage is there. I think specifically to some of the stuff in the maritime industry, I think, that, I think some of the comments are slightly more fair, absolutely. But I think also there's there's been an evolution in the last year, two years to perhaps you know the market having you know, one, two, maybe three wordings out there by some brokers, by some underwriters that is dedicated marine cyber policy with some of that marine language, which is important in there, you know, to the point now that we have several wordings and policies out in the market, including dedicated MGAs, just like bills uh, out there that are tackling this issue head on. Um, and so I think there's there's been a huge evolution. And I say the, the main area of concern for me now in terms of what's not being serviced is just the limit and certainly around that property damage element of it. I still don't think because of certain supply and demand issues that there's quite the limit required for that property damage side. And I think there's a long way for the insurance market to go there. So where is the cyber debate heading on the insurance side? And what are the specific risks up ahead that we need to be worried about? Kelly Mallon, Senior Risk Manager at Beasley, had a few thoughts on that. It's in terms of threat landscape, particularly um, for maritime, I think shoreside risks are going to be, be key. To a point that was made on the earlier panel, there are some groups that are now um, re-engaging their activity um, whilst everybody's focus is diverted to the Ukraine-Russia instance. So the additional financially motivated types of um, ransomware that we're seeing, that may well continue and increase as cybersecurity resources are diverted to looking at, at the, the Ukraine-Russia issue. So I think certainly in terms of your shore size systems, the availability of your website, your email, your booking systems, um, those are standard um, IT cyber issues, which, which we could expect or potentially predict an uh, increase in attrition. Um, when it comes to um, vessels and PD, I think we don't really know what the current trend is to know what the increase in trend is. We see some um, examples of activities and when we speak to individuals or when we speak to individual firms and can have conversations about some of the things um, that, that have happened to them, which gives us an understanding. But there's no real way to know what the trend might be in that space. And that is where we're going to leave the podcast today. But I would urge listeners to go and revisit the entire webinar. The Listen Again function is available on loyslist.com and insuranceday.com. There is a full hour of insights from all of our panellists offering a huge wealth of information that I would argue is probably some of the most important things you're going to be listening to this week. So please do check it out. We'll be back again next week with a podcast. But for now, thank you for listening and have a good week.